0: Today on ACT News Daily.
1: We measured, you know, carcass traits and used that to predict in uh, genetics for those animals that we were ultrasounding. So that was an exciting first step in my technology world, um, you know, together with animal science and livestock.
0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Tech Tuesday episode of the Ag News Daily Podcast, sponsored today by Zyway Brand Fungicides from FMC. Delaney Howell flying solo today. I know Ashton is on her way back today from Stock The Stock Show she was at, watching her little sister Corley show livestock today. So we certainly are happy to give her a good break today. And Just in case you can hear it, I don't think you can, but my 15-year-old poodle is sitting next to me snoring, so if you hear any background noise, that is probably what you are listening to today. But I thought this piece of news was kind of fun, I guess if you want to call it news, but I'm a big cheese person, I've always joked I would live in Wisconsin if it wasn't for the super cold winter temperatures that they have, because... Wisconsin folks know how to throw it down. They like beer. They like cheese. They like chocolate. They like bread. Those are basically all of my four favorite foods right there. They should be their own food groups, in my opinion. But there is an interesting marsh Madness of sorts competition taking place next month in Madison, Wisconsin at the 2022 World Championship Cheese Contest. And there will be nearly 53 international experts evaluating nearly 3,000 different dairy products, cheese, of course, being a chief product among them. But apparently this has been a premier cheese contest going on since 1957. You can watch the live stream version of the event, although truthfully, I think an event like this, you definitely have to be at in person, But I thought it was super interesting. I didn't even know this was an event that they had. And so it'll be March 1st through the 3rd. Unfortunately, I'm already at another conference that week. So I don't think I'll be able to personally attend. But if we have any listeners in Madison, Wisconsin, I would love to hear from you. Have you been to this event? Is it a big tourist event? Can you sample the cheese? I'm a big cheese head. Not a Green Bay Packer fan but I like cheese. I like experimenting with different types of cheese. I frequently make charcuterie boards, which I know I've been told has been basically called an adult lunchable, but I think that this would be an awesome event to go to, especially if you could sample these cheeses. So I don't know. Well, we might have to have an interview with someone that's at this event, but... I'm curious, what is your favorite kind of cheese? Because lately I've been on a... Well, not lately. I've been on an Asiago kick for quite some time. But I always always like to experiment with new kinds of cheeses. So if you have, like, a unique cheese that you personally like, drop us a note at AgNews Daily on Facebook or Twitter and let me know your new cheese variety that I should be trying. Because I definitely would be all on board for that. But... That's all I've got here for some lighthearted news. We've got to hit the actual news a little harder today because we're still getting headlines focused on Russia. Wall Street's still paying a lot of attention to that today, as well as, of course, continued debate about inflation. But when you look at Russia-Ukraine invasions or relationships, we're getting some mixed answers Some news agencies I've been seeing have been reporting that things have been, in fact, escalated, while others are saying that we are moving toward a peaceful resolution. So we're certainly seeing factors that are pointing in opposite directions. But all in all, in other words, it basically means this problem has not yet been resolved. So certainly all eyes are still looking to... Russia looking to Ukraine to see what happens here and what kind of news sparks the news wires today or tomorrow as a new piece of news. But another piece of news that sparked the news wires today that was a new update was a recent development in the African, excuse me, in the bird flu cases. I almost said African swine fever. We're talking about a different species, of course, with bird flu. But As Ashton reported on the podcast yesterday, we've seen poultry flocks infected in Kentucky, and now also Virginia has reported the spread and cases found of the highly pathogenic avian influenza. The USDA has reported new cases Yesterday in both of these two states. And you as Ashton reported yesterday, you know, we've also seen some of our export partners respond to our new avian influenza cases by saying they will not be importing US-based poultry products from these states in particular. So certainly aren't at a level obviously we saw back in 2014-2015, but still being closely monitored by APHIS and producers in these states over in the, I'm going to call it, southeast portion of the United States. Maybe people local there would call it a different term. But regardless, this portion of the United States is continuing to see new cases reported. And certainly, all eyes are still paying attention to that, especially poultry producers in that area. But in other news, speaking of... Protein production, Tyson, has announced some big earnings on the beef side of things. They said that demand has been staying steady, and Tyson has been turning top dollar profits according to their first earnings report. But with operating income up about 40% in the first quarter, Tyson said they find themselves walking a fine line between shareholders' success and government scrutiny. They saw shares increase about 12% in the first quarter so far, while average sales price also increased about 19.6% compared to the same period last year. Chicken alone had the highest sales with a 37% increase in sales year over year. So we certainly saw some big news announced today by Tyson, but... Another interesting piece of news when we're talking about food and food demand, I can't remember, I think I saw this on Twitter, it might have been on Facebook, I I really don't remember now, but somebody had posted a photo of an avocado earlier this week, I think it was ahead of the Super Bowl, and said, how much would you be willing to pay for this avocado? Because as we know, avocado imports have once again halted from Mexico after U.S. plant safety inspectors received a threatening phone call and avocado prices are expected to increase due to a lack of supply here in the United States. So whoever that was that tweeted that, they were not wrong. That avocado probably is worth a little bit more, although I think they're going to have a hard time getting someone on Twitter to pay them for that avocado. Nonetheless, if you are an avocado toast type of person... You might want to put a pause on that for a little while until that scandal gets resolved. I'm not personally an avocado toast person, but I know other people that are. So not a good time probably to go by them. But here's an, a conflicting piece of news today. A new study reported reported by Reuters is pointing to corn-based ethanol as being worse for the climate than gasoline. And yes, if you're thinking it, there was lots of responses shared by the ag industry. Obviously not in favor of this recent study, but this study was published in the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. I'm not familiar with this publication, but apparently they were commissioned by the USDA to look at the footprint of the biofuels industry. And of course, the Biden administration is currently reviewing policies on biofuels as part of their broader effort to what they say decarbonize the U.S. economy. And so, of course, that was a mixed bag that was received very mixed by folks in the ag industry. President and CEO of the Renewable Fuels Association, Jeff Cooper, said that this study was completely fictional and erroneous and argued that the authors used worst case assumptions and cherry picked data. So we certainly don't have conclusive results, according to Jeff Cooper. But the study alleges that ethanol is likely at least 24% more carbon intensive than gasoline due to emissions resulting from land use changes to grow corn, along with processing and combustion of the actual ethanol process in ethanol facilities. So uh, certainly an interesting piece of news. I've got to admit, I should have looked up this agency that put together the study The Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, I've never heard of them. I'd be curious to know what kind of other research they put together, if they are an unbiased third-party source. You know, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that we certainly don't know about. But before I get to my next piece of news, let's take a quick break here to hear from today's sponsors, talking about the new FMC Zyway brand fungicide.
2: It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at-plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented, season-long, inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions.
0: Well, as I look to wrap up news for today, carbon pipeline companies are looking to take carbon emissions from ethanol plants and pipe liquid carbon throughout multiple states. But they've started to face more organized landowner resistance. An Iowa state senator's bill could take away some of these companies' abilities to use eminent domain. This bill was introduced in the state by Senator Jeff Taylor, a Republican from northwest Iowa, who said that this would limit the use of eminent domain to public utilities and double the annual fee paid to the state for pipelines carrying hazardous liquids and hazardous materials. These proposed projects that are going on right now in the state of Iowa Include basically three separate carbon pipeline projects that would collectively cross about 1600 miles of property throughout the state of Iowa alone. And one of the leading Companies on this is Summit Carbon Solutions, which is a company led by Bruce Rastetter, who is a pretty big agribusiness leader here in the state of Iowa while well, Summit's Midwest Carbon Express pipeline is estimated to cost about four and a half billion dollars and has plans to run through multiple states, including Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, and South Dakota. And would sink carbon dioxide into a geological formation in North Dakota about a mile into the ground. So, there are certainly a lot of other companies getting on a similar bandwagon, but it's being mixed, being received with mixed reviews from Iowans and Iowa legislators. So, we are certainly going to continue to see how this piece of news comes about. Uh, I know some of our listeners have sent me some articles on this and been watching this very closely. Uh, But it's not being received well here in the state of Iowa on some accounts. So certainly, you know, Iowa sets the trend for a lot of things like this. And I'm sure all eyes will be on Iowa as we do continue to push through this to see does legislation like this pass? I've got to be honest, I don't recognize that Iowa senator's name. So I have no idea if he is For carbon pipelines? Is he for? I I don't know. I don't know anything about him. So I don't really have any insight into why he opposes this aside from what I just shared there. But I know a lot of other states are considering. Maybe not similar legislation in this sense of blocking it, but are definitely probably evaluating how carbon fits into their state's economies and will likely take a page from Iowa's playbook, uh, depending on how this pipeline, these three pipeline projects go. So certainly could be an important decision that gets made here in the state of Iowa. But as we wrap up news for today, we had a little bit of an ugly day today in the commodity market. So let's go ahead and rip this band-aid off. March corn today down 17 and three quarters cents, closing at 6.38. The Dees new crop corn down eight and a half cents, closing at 5.89 and three quarters. Soybeans today also showing weakness. But as Darren shared yesterday, he's still. Bullish the market, even though the market was not bullish today, March soybeans down eighteen and three quarter cents to close at fifteen fifty one and a quarter, Nove new crop beans down ten and a half cents closing at fourteen thirty two in the wheat pits, they followed suit as well, shedding 19 and a half cents in the March contract, settling the day at 779 and three quarters. The May down 19 and three quarters cents, closing the day out at 785 and three quarters. In the livestock pits today, we had the complete opposite reaction as they finished green across the screen. April life cattle added 55 cents today to close at 156.90. The June up 67 and a half cents to close at 142.12 and a half. Feeder cattle also finished higher on the day as the March contract added a dollar 85 to close at 168.72 and a half, the April up a dollar 05 closing at 172.55, and in lean hogs today, April added a dollar 82 closing at a buck May up a buck 50 settling the day out at 108. Lastly, wrapping things up here with the Class Three dairy milk futures. March today shed 9 cents, closing at 22.72. April ending the day at 23.10, down 15 cents on the day. And actually, while we're talking dairy, that is very good timing because we are talking about a new dairy solution for managing that data.
3: Well, folks, for today's Tech Tuesday conversation, we are talking to Carrie Spahn, who is the co founder and CEO of IOTA Solutions. Carrie, thank you so much for coming on and chatting tech with us today.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me.
3: So, before we really get started talking about the kinds of technology that you guys are using, let's talk a bit about you and your background in ag and technology.
1: Sure. Um, I come from South Dakota, so kind of the middle of agriculture, right? And uh, grew up there. And my dad and my grandpa and his brother all farmed. So grew up, you know, around agriculture and livestock, went to South Dakota State where I got my undergrad and my master's degree both there in animal science. Moved on shortly after that to start my own business, Ultrasounding Cattle for Body Composition um, with with the ultrasound technology that Iowa State had discovered at that time, where we measured, you know, carcass traits and used that to predict in uh, genetics for those animals that we were ultrasounding. So that was an exciting first step in my technology world, um, you know, together with animal science and livestock. And then shortly after that, I was became a mom and stayed home with my kids and on the farm. And then uh, after that, decided I wanted to move into more of the corporate world. So I worked for Beck Egg as their VP of go-to-market strategy and business development for just about 10 years, where I got a really good understanding of the challenges that are going on in the livestock industry and what's happening and what's not and some of the problems that needed to be solved. And then uh, in 2019, I met my business partner and we started IOTA Solutions.
0: What an interesting background do you have there, Carrie. And I'm curious to learn more about IOTA Solutions. I've got a little bit of a two-part question to throw your way. But one, what is the name IOTA? Does it have any significant representation or meaning behind it? And give us the 10,000-foot view of what IOTA Solutions does.
1: Sure. So IOTA does not stand for anything other than you see the play on words of IoT. And if you look at the actual logo, the I and the O and the T are highlighted. So we, we knew we were going to be working with lots of internet of things. Um, that's not what our whole company is about, but we use that. If you're around anybody in technology, they, uh, like to do things a little differently with names. And so as you know, Google isn't really a word, so, nor is iota. <laughs> so that's, uh, it's just a word that, that sounds pretty cool for the, for a software company. Um, As far as IOTA solutions, what we're doing, what we're solving, uh, there's a lot of challenges in the livestock industry as a whole, where uh, there's massive amounts of big data, and much of it is going unused, is disconnected or restricted, and therefore causing challenges with efficiencies, uh, challenges with making smarter decisions in a time when there's a lot of need for smarter, more efficient decisions, And so IOTA was built to solve those problems.
0: So Carrie, a quick follow-up for you. What kind of data are you tracking and how are you helping? I assume it's primarily in the livestock industry, but correct me if I'm wrong. How are you helping them use that data to make meaningful decisions?
1: So we can, uh, we're not a software company that's like pulling data, new data. What we're doing is solving that problem of the disconnected data. So we're connecting with all the different data sources that are out there and pulling it all into one place so that it's readily available and easily accessed to overlay and allow really smart, more innovative thinking to happen Um, really to get more critical thinking, start challenging uh, operations. You know, how can we become more efficient when we look at herd data and feed data and weather data, maybe? And we pull that all together and we use analytics to now help make a smarter decision for that operation that's specific to that operation.
3: And before we move on from this talking point, I want to put a pause on our conversation, take a quick break here, and hear some more from today's sponsor, FMC.
2: Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient flutriofol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. Growers and retailers are sharing their Zyway brand fungicide success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions.
3: So Carrie, I feel like a lot of the technology slash data companies that we see, especially in agriculture, are dealing a lot with cloud-based technology, but that's not what you guys are doing. You are using the software as a service technology. So how do those two really differ and what made you pick that route instead of going with a typical cloud-based system?
1: Well, we are a cloud-based system. We are built on AWS, Amazon services. But what we we're what we're doing is pulling each system, each operation systems into, into our IOTA secure cloud, and then taking that data and using a, a way to overlay that so that each specific operation can look at the data they the way they need to see it to be uh you know more um efficient make their profits more uh, profitable, and and drive those economic-driven decisions. So it is a software-as-a-service via the cloud as well.
0: So Carrie, share with us a little bit more about what that cloud interface looks like. Is a user downloading this on a cell phone, an iPad, a computer? What does that interface look like and how do they use it?
1: Yeah, correct. It works on all of the above that you just mentioned. So we we can work on a, 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 an iPhone, an Android phone, we can work on your iPad, we can work on a desktop, however you need to use it, um, you'll be able to see the information you want to see. And you can actually hook up and exchange that data with, for instance, your if you're the manager or owner of a dairy, for instance, you can give access to your feed manager, your Hoofer, your veterinarian, your nutritionist, and the way that you want them to see the data, and they can also look at it on all those different devices as well. but the the producer, the owner of that is the owner of that data and they control who gets to see it and use it and have access to it.
3: Obviously, increasing profitability is definitely something that IOTA is aiming to do with their clients. But what are some other benefits that you've really seen with those that you're working with that are using your system?
1: Certainly, saving time. Um, a lot of things today are, you know, especially on these livestock producers' operations, there's a lot of Excel spreadsheets being made. And emails being used to communicate and a lot of inefficiencies there. And so we're solving a lot of those problems by just saving time with pulling the data together for them, right? And creating tools that allows them to have better operations as well.
0: Carrie, I know you've shared a lot of great information with us today, but if any of our producers listening want to find out more information and uh, learn if IOTA is a good solution for them, where can they go to find more information?
1: Right now, we're just at the beginning stages. Uh, you can go to our website, iota.com. It's I-Y-O-T-A-H dot com. And check out our website. Certainly give us a call. We'd love to discuss how we could work together with you and your operation to help you know, create those efficiencies that everyone's looking for and desiring right now by pulling all your data into one place and helping you to make those smarter decisions um, through progress.
0: Fantastic. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. Certainly interesting to learn more about IOTA. And we wish you all the best luck with the
1: new business. Thank you so much. We appreciate being here today.
0: Well, again, a big thank you there to Carrie from Iota Solutions for coming on and chatting with us today about data. And as you may have gathered, there's a lot of data that they are trying to harness and figure out the best way to share that data, manage that data for the growers that they are working with. So if you are a dairy producer... And do you have opinions about how your data needs to be harnessed and presented to you to make the best possible solutions? I'm sure Carrie and her team over there at IOTA would appreciate your feedback. But we also appreciate feedback here on the Ag News Daily podcast. Always looking to get new and interesting interviews lined up for you and bring the most value to your operation. So be sure to drop us a note at Ag News Daily on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you have opinions, thoughts, comments, questions, or just want to say hi, we always welcome hearing from our listeners. But with that, we'll see you right back here tomorrow.